to listen to the Left Traffic Podcast. What is up, Lap Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 235 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. I am your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. Let's get right into it. I am joined with my co-host for tonight for the third installment of the Lap Traffic J-Ski Bonus Shows. It's Dustin Albino. What's up, brother? How are you? I'm doing well, Brandon. How are you? Oh, I'm good, man. Good. Uh, excited to talk. We're going to have some fun tonight. NASCAR, WrestleMania, all that good stuff. I can talk about NASCAR for hours, and I can talk about wrestling for hours, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, before we get into all that, uh, how are your uh, beloved Yankees doing? Uh, <laughs> they seem so they always, they're always stacked. It seems like every year. Uh, I'm going to a game this weekend, actually. Awesome. Uh, they play Tampa. So they're five and seven right now as we record this. Um, so it's just, I mean, it's typical April for them, but I'm sure they'll get it squared around, start hitting some long balls, and they'll be fine. The, the, you, you will appreciate this stat that just flashed up on the TV screen before I walked into the podcast room here. The Tigers are four and six but are first in the division for home runs. They've got 19 home runs and are sitting four and six. It's almost two a game. (laughs) Right? Like, that's crazy. So, ah, well, you know, what's going to be fun is as we do this throughout the summer, tracking mm-hmm. like right now like our records are the same you know we're obviously fresh in but as i imagine the bar is yes <laughs> oh guys uh we, we'll break fourth wall dustin and i are on zoom and we both just kind of spaced our hands out at the same time like that's yeah. exactly what's gonna happen the yankees won 90 something games and tigers have 90 something losses you got it you better believe it oh <laughs> uh, well man what you've been up to last couple weeks man uh what kind of new pieces what you working on yeah as far as jay ski i have a couple couple new pieces out um this week we did a piece on jesse little um and kind of you know where he's at in his career with bj mccon motorsports why he went to bj you know from another smaller team in jd motorsports last year being a rookie uh and also like you know where his head's at in terms of the landscape of his career and why taking you know the amount of funding he has to run a full year rather than what we've seen in the past with some drivers like ryan priest go to Gibbs for a few races, bet on yourself, win, and then you're in cup. So I think that was a fun story to tell. A lot of fun stuff I'm working on. I did a piece last week with uh, Joe Graff and Antonio Williams. That was on NASCAR.com. We kind of teased it a couple of weeks ago, I think on our first installment. Yeah. Uh, but I had a good reaction from from uh, like the Bills fans, which is cool because I'm a Bills fan too. Bills Mafia, baby. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of fun stuff coming up and a lot of things in the works uh, in the coming weeks. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. You know, you talk about, you know, uh, a, a team like BJ, you know, uh, I know he's done a lot of work like with Tommy Joe Martins. Um, and and I, I think maybe for the novice fan or the, the real casual fan, they really don't understand the value that, guys like that provide for the sport and drivers in the sport like these guys like you know to to the to the to the random casual viewer i could see them looking at you know J, uh, uh, BJ uh, Motorsports and and just kind of going like, why is this guy feeling three cars? You know, like, but it's what they're able to provide for the developmental drivers. That's just so key for the sport. I think. Totally agree. And also, BJ is a very you know he's a young owner and yeah. he's got yeah. the Cup team this year with Team Live Fast, also partnering with Matt Tift. Very yeah. young. <laughs> I'm going to get Matt back on the show. Matt, I haven't had Matt on in a minute, and he likes to give me a lot of crap for being a Michigan fan, and and he's well past due coming on the show. (laughs) Well, you can talk to him about about the team and how it started off this year. But, yeah, yeah, like you said, it's very good to have, you know, team owners like B.J. McLeod or or even like Johnny Davis who, you know, they've really – overachieved or, or do overachieve for the budget that they run on. So same with BJ. I mean, this year, his teams, they're, they're quick. If you look at the speed chart, look at the speed chart, look at the results of two different things. Sure. As BJ was sure. telling me for the story on Jesse, um, you know, Jesse has laps where he's top 15 speed, like, you know, repeatedly for an entire run, but then they have like a brake failure or something, you know, something bizarre happens. So yeah, it's, 
all teams have a purpose and it's it's good to see you know bj give young drivers an opportunity absolutely uh well lap traffic nation if you haven't checked out tuesday's show with uh brett moffett freddie the pizza man and nascar sammy who uh talked a little bit about autism awareness uh go check out episode 234 and a teaser coming up on next week's show i'm really excited lap traffic nation adding to the list of mrn guests the Bagman will be making his lap traffic debut next week very excited to talk to the Bagman for sure he's so so good yes i gotta tell you jeff striegel uh is is such a good friend uh, over the last couple years uh he's been on probably close to 20 times and uh every once in a while i'll text him and be like hey can you get me so-and-so, uh, you know, and, and he'll, he'll be like, yeah, let me reach out to him. And a couple of days later, I'll get their phone number. And I'm like, I'm really excited to talk to the bag, man. So. <laughs> That'll be a good one. Yes. yes. Very entertaining. Yes. Uh, but coming up tonight with Dustin, uh, we're going to recap, talk a little Martinsville, got some listener feedback, and we are going to give you our professional uh, breakdown from WrestleMania this past weekend we are very excited to talk some wrestlemania so absolutely uh, f- f- uh, fair warning that might go a little long so <laughs> <laughs> just gonna preface that right now so uh we'll we'll get things rolling man uh let's let's start with martinsville the 72 hours of martinsville is uh i called it on the show on tuesday um man you know i, I want to just get your thoughts like let's go back to friday night uh you know we got what uh um, how many laps did we have to go before the end of stage two? And this thing was going to be a 30, 34, 34, right? So, and, and this is Martinsville, 10, 10 minutes, I was going to say 10 <laughs> minutes. And I had asked Moffat this, uh, when I talked to him, uh, on Tuesday show, I'd like, all right, break this down for me in terms of when you're in the moment on Friday night, do you just wish like, man, I wish we could just go home. And after you run on Sunday, are you thankful that, you know, you guys were able to finish and get the complete race in. And he, he said, you know, based on where we're at with this team and, and trying to get a feel of things, sure. Yeah. Was it frustrating? Absolutely. But they were glad to get that time in and, and to be able to learn for when they go back to Martinsville in the fall. Um, so as, as a writer and, and someone that's been in media, and I know you and I have been at a couple tracks where there's been some rain and carryover, uh, but you know, when you're doing this as a job, uh, more so than what I do this as, man, that's got to be grueling sitting in that media center for God knows how long. Well, yeah, and even for for the Daytona, and you know, following Daytona 500 this year, that was my first time, you know, doing one of these with you, and I was at Daytona until after four in the morning, <laughs> and, and there were still people there, right? That's like crazy. so. Yeah, it was. I mean, the race ended at twelve thirty, roughly. You know, I'm thinking back two months now. Yeah. Um, to the day. Um, yeah. And and you know the winners press conference didn't get done until after two thirty. Like it was a long, grueling day. So when it comes to when it comes to Friday night with Martinsville. I mean, yes, 10, 12 more minutes, the race would have been complete. It would have been a full, you know, half the race would have been over. Stage two's done. Yep. Boom, we're going home. Yep. And I felt bad for the teams because I mean they didn't call it until after 1230. Yeah. And I get I get why they did though, because you know, they were planning on having a cup race Saturday, which they ended up, you know, did get it started. Yeah. And they had to switch all the equipment out from the truck you know, the Xfinity haulers to the cup haulers and then get them all out and bring all the cup ones in. So I understand why they had to postpone it to Sunday, but it really sucks for the, for the crew, because I mean, by the time you load everything up, it's probably, I don't know, two, two thirty. I know some people that didn't get home to Charlotte, which is two, two, two and a half hours South of Martinsville. It's almost five, a little after five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Like that's a long freaking day. That is brutal. Yeah. That but, but, that's intense. But if you look at, you know, the show we got on Sunday, I think it was well worth the wait. Well, so that's so that's the nice lead there, sir. Like, that's the <laughs> thing. Like, I am so glad that they were able to race the Xfinity race in full because mm-hmm. me personally, I thought the Xfinity race was incredible. Uh, and not that the cup race wasn't, but I just thought the Xfinity race uh, had a lot more bang for my buck as far as time invested watching um, than, the, than the cup race did. Yeah, I guess it depends on on how you like your racing. And both these races, you know, had a lot of cautions yes. and a lot of 
you know, both of them had fights yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, between <laughs> between teammates and one of them. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, it just it was a very the cup race was kind of sloppy in the middle. It was really at the beginning. There was a lot of green flag runs. Yeah. You know, like, oh, yep. this is the Martinsville from two years ago where there was no Nothing. cautions at all, really. Yeah. But then it turns out 15 and, and same with the Xfinity race where, you know, there's 12 cautions for 75 laps. And it, like you said, it was a good race. You had Daniel Hemrick who won stage two, get some damage there in the middle of the, the final run and still come back for a third place finish. So I love Martinsville. It's a track where, you know, you kind of throw aerodynamics out the window, yep. which is lovely these days. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and we got a good story with Josh Berry winning. Oh, man. You, you know, when you talk about that story there, you know, you look at 13 starts picks up his first win um, and to do it at Martinsville, you know, we're not talking about a place to where, you know, they hit on setup. Uh, they, they raced and, and survived, they survived and got yeah. that win. And that, that to me, you know, to me, that win probably, I mean, granted a win is a win, but you know, like to me, that first win at Martinsville would mean more and hold more water than the first win at Kansas, you know, or something like that. You know, mm -hmm. it, it just, it means like I, I raced and beat these guys out there. Like Josh Berry beat and held off Noah Gregson, who was charging like a madman, Daniel Hemrick, like, and I want to talk about Ty Gibbs for a minute here too, in a, in a second, but I mean, all of the Xfinity powerhouse teams, uh, you know, Josh Berry kept him in the rear view, which is really freaking awesome. Yeah. And, and like you said, good story with Josh Berry. He's a guy that's grinded his whole, his whole adult life to try and make it in, in auto racing. And for them to finally, you know, them being junior motorsports, finally be able to give him a, a reasonable opportunity this year where he's more than one or two races and he's got 12 of the first 15 races in the eight car. He's only going to learn and, and learn, you know, at a rapid rate because there's no practice really at any of these tracks. So, um, you know, the beginning of the year, he was kind of hit or miss, but again, there's no practice yeah. and he's seeing all these tracks for the most part for the first time. So, you can only expect so much And back, you know, two months ago, I got to talk to Josh and Dale jr. About, for a story on Jayski about this opportunity and in Dell said like, there's no expectations this year. He just, he'll be happy with whatever he can do at the same time. Josh told me that, you know, he, what ran through his head is like, what if I win? What if I win? Right. What does that do for my career? So he's won now. Yeah. And like you said, he gets to find out. <laughs> yeah, he does get to find out. <laughs> and, and for his sake, you know, he is a guy that's grinded at the local level for so long you hope there's an opportunity at some point out there for a guy like him yeah. and deservedly. So, so um, yes, I was a very, very cool and very special one for him. Absolutely. Um, I want to talk about Ty Gibbs for a minute. Cause he took a massive amount of heat after his win at the road course on social media, uh, you know, uh, family money, you know, all of the stuff that you just, you know, w would see from people on social media, but this dude, is up there competing every time he straps into the car. And listen, you can say whatever you want to say about how he got the ride, but it's a matter of what do you do when you're in the ride, I think, that really needs to be looked at. And the dude's competing. And I just, I, I mean, I understand if you're going to come out and say that initially, but guy's able to go out there and compete, and I like what I'm seeing out of that guy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's very, very young. He's got a lot of growing to do both, you know, as a race car driver and, you know, personally, too, is, is a is a professional representing Joe Gibbs Racing. And he would tell you the same thing. I know he hasn't like some of the interviews he's done post race before, but, you know, forget that. Put that to the side. Yeah. Three races this year. One win, obviously, in his debut. <laughs> three top fives, three top tens, obviously in those three races, average finish at 2.3. So <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> in, in three races, there's been seven of, of the three. He's 15th in points. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. Hey, that's he that... even, even competed in half the, half the races. So yeah. yes, very impressed by Ty Gibbs. Absolutely. Um, all right, man, let's talk about uh, Greg Galding, Joe Graff for a minute. What did you see that happened with those guys out there? So, I mean, obviously TV doesn't always pick up the battles. And I think personally, the, the mid pack of the Xfinity field has some of the best racing out there in NASCAR. Just my personal opinion. Sure. Yeah, no, I think a lot of the drivers would tell you the same thing though. Um, 
So, I mean, you saw them kind of bumping into each other. And I saw an interview with, with Gray on uh, with Sirius, and he mentioned how, you know, Joe Graff kept chopping him off. He's a chicane. He's in the way. But he wrecked him on purpose, and he wasn't going to take that back and didn't take it back and said if he could have done it again, he'd do it again. Yeah. So you got a guy in, in Greg Galding who raced for Bobby Dodder just two years ago, finished 13th in points, had a really good year, you know, wrecking their equipment, both underfunded teams. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was being a little aggressive. It's Martinsville. Um, you know, I get if you're if you think a driver's in the way or whatever, but I don't know. What comes around goes around. That probably yeah. should be should probably be a little more respectful. Yeah, no, I listen, and I'm all about, you know, throwing the gloves off and all that. Um, sure. you know, the, the, and that's the thing you, you, both of those guys know the, the financial spot that both of those teams are in. And like you said, you know, a little bit more respectful, like, Hey, you want to go fricking throw some haymakers, Noah Gregson style afterwards, you know, go have at it because that just means that's more viewers next week. That's more eyes on the sport. Um, but, and, and, you know, we, the, the mantra, you know, Hey, d don't take it out on the track, take it out, you know, on pit road, you know, and yeah. Yeah. And this one, I mean, we didn't see the full, like, you know, how it's, how this fight started. We just, the cameras caught it up mid fight. Yes. So you know, I saw some team members send out tweets saying how, you know, this was the video was after punches were thrown. So yeah, who knows how bad it really was or right. how physical it did get. Um, I guess that's only for the universe to know, right? We'll never find out, but, no. um, yeah, it was, that was something. And I mean, that leads right into the cup race too. I guess actually the night before with, with teammates at Rick Ware race. Yeah. Yeah. Talk, go ahead. Fill, fill us in. Yeah. So, I mean, it's right before the, the caution came out that, you know, ended up halting the race for 15 hours or whatever it was, <laughs> I guess more than that really 17 or 18. Um, but Cody Ware just dumped James Davison. <laughs> yeah. Straight up dumped him. <laughs> out of turn, you know, into turn three, going out into turn three, turn four, whatever. And I reached out to Rick and Rick, Rick Ware, obviously team yeah. owner of Rick Ware Racing, and he mentioned how, you know, he wasn't very happy with, with the whole scenario. And then I, on Corey LaJoy's podcast this week, Stacking Pennies, he mentioned how there was a fight between the two of them. Um, you know, I don't know. Neither one of them confirmed that. So right. I don't know if that's accurate. But, I mean, that's that's not a good look when you wreck your teammate. And when one of the drivers is the team owner's son right. and wrecks his father's car. Yeah. So I don't know. That is um... – you know, obviously, you know, it, it's emotions, it's short track racing, right? Short track racing. You know, and, and is, is that a matter of, you know, emotions just got the best? Is there some real beef? Uh, that is not one meeting I wanted to walk into on Monday. <laughs> I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, let's uh, talk a little Martin Truex Jr. here. I mean, the guy goes on what win? What was it? An 80 short track winless streak and then yeah. has just it's gone five for on 11. a rampage <laughs> since um, <laughs> our first two time winner this year. I'm not going to be surprised if he's our first three time and picks up the win this weekend at Richmond. Um, but just. The, this team is really showing poise this year. I think, you know, when I look back last year, 2020, once we came back racing after our extra break there, um, I just felt like Martin Truex, I, I know he got one win, maybe two, but I don't really want one. Yeah, I don't feel like they hit on all cylinders. And I just feel like they're, they are bringing it each week and, and could have a few more and probably will get a few more. So obviously last year was James Small's first year as Truex's crew chief replacing Cole Pern, who I guess retired or went out, you know, to Canada to live <laughs> greater pastures or whatever. But you mentioned, you know, how he had one win coming in Martinsville last year and they were just kind of so-so all year. But I say that they had a streak of eight straight top five finishes during the summer between yeah. – Kansas in the the final race of the regular season at Daytona. So, but none of those were wins. They're all second, third, and fourth place finishes. So he didn't have the playoff points. Ultimately, that cost him in the in the playoffs, where he had to go into Martinsville in the penultimate race of the year, the cutoff race to the round of eight and win. And he was running second, led 129 laps, but had a flat tire late, finished 22nd, a lap down. So 
when it comes to short tracks, I don't know what's gone into him. <laughs> but at, at Richmond specifically, like I know he's won Martinsville. He's done, he led 464 laps there a couple of years ago. But I was looking at his stats at Richmond yesterday. 970 laps led in the last eight races there. Wow. That's crazy. That <laughs> so is out of, nuts. Out of 3,200 laps, I'm sure, you know, give or take right. a few yeah, more because of overtime. <laughs> yep. But he's led – my god oh like over 25 percent. yeah you know it's so much so yes he he could very well be the first three-time winner this weekend absolutely uh i want to talk about kyle larson for a minute too uh you know th- this is somewhat you know we didn't really know at least i'm going to say i didn't know what to expect was there going to be a uh, a, a learning curve, if you will, in terms of getting, you know, reacclimated to a cup car, uh, you know, being out of it for basically an entire year and not and going back with a new team like this is it, it's crazy. Um, just the fact that they are hitting on all cylinders right out of the gate, a win, top fives, top tens. Um, Kyle Larson is like beyond impressive with what he's been able to do uh, seven races in. Yeah, very kind of methodical. Obviously, he had the dominating uh, run at Las Vegas and then really dominated Atlanta, only to finish second to Ryan Blaney. But then even this weekend at Martinsville where, you know, he'll tell you it's one of his worst tracks on the circuit. Yeah. And he's fifth, sixth the whole race and ends up with a top five finish. So I just think he's growing, you know, at a rapid rate. And look, Hendrick has the best team right now, I would say. I mean, William Byron, six straight top tens, the long streak of his career. Larson's got a ton of speed. Alex Bowman has speed, just can't finish, you know, yeah. can't, can't put a full race together. Yeah. And Chase Elliott's the defending champion who I think is going to break out in a few wins here very quickly. Absolutely. So, uh, yes, Kyle Larson has been very, very impressive this year with Hendrick. Absolutely. Uh, all right. A uh, couple random things that uh, w- w- went up on uh, jayski.com this week that I thought would just be cool to hit on for a minute. Uh Dale Jr. Uh, makes an announcement that a potential cup team and expansion from JRM is not out of the possibility. And, of course, everybody blew up with that. So, of course. Uh, <laughs> I mean, of course, right? You know, and that's cool. Like, I mean, this is a guy, like, that just wants nothing more than to give back to the sport. Um, you know, so how, I, I mean, we, we could what if things to, to, to death, but how cool would that be? <laughs> So it would be cool, um, but the odds of it happening, personally, I don't think are very good, and I think Junior doesn't think they're very good. And he kind of mentioned this. It's kind of one of those things where I feel like he probably, you know, in retrospect, hindsight, probably wish he hadn't have said in the public <laughs> eye um, that he had talks with with Kelly, his sister, about it, about, you know, you know, if, if there's any time to start a cup team or move up to cup, I should say, it's now because of a new car. Sure significant amount of funding way more than they have right now to even run just one car so do i see it happening personally no would it be very cool and awesome to see and you know see Dow because he's given back to the sport in so many ways look at some of the drivers that have gone through junior motorsports absolutely brad keselowski martin shrick jr you know back before junior motorsports really chase elliott william byron there's so many of them yeah stars now so yeah so it'd be very cool to see him take that to cup but i I don't see it happen. Yeah. No, I hear you there. Uh, and then lastly, uh, news came out that um, starting at Darlington, they're going to start very, very, very limited, uh, letting some people into the infield, uh, single single numbers or single digits per team uh, to, to get into the garage area and all that kind of stuff to start opening back up and just to test the waters a little bit, which, hey, as limited as that may be, it's it's a great step in the right direction. Absolutely. You hit it right on the head there. Um, I, it's a, it's kind of like baby steps, right? And I mean, we say that, but it's kind of a big step because for over a year now, in terms of, you know, 36 races, um, it might not be a full year in the calendar yet, but 30, over 37, 38 races now, since they re you know, picked up the season back last year at Darlington, um, there's been nobody in the infield. So for them to just say like, you know, this weekend we're, putting a whole bunch of people in there. And I say a whole bunch, you know, not thinking about the past where literally there's a whole bunch of people. Um, but if there's 
eight, nine people per team or whatever the number is, even three, four, whatever, it's going to add up and it's baby steps. So eventually, hopefully everything gets back to normal. Right. Hopefully sooner rather than later, drivers can fend off fans looking for autographs. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta Uh, love that. Especially when like you're going to a hauler or whatever to go get an interview and you just <laughs> drivers are getting swarmed. <laughs> lovely, lovely yes, times. Yes. <laughs> All right. Lap traffic nation. Make sure you check out the website, the lap traffic podcast.com Facebook, the lap traffic podcast, YouTube, the lap traffic podcast. And of course, Instagram and Twitter at lap traffic PC. Don't forget about the giveaway creeping up less than 140 away from giving away the Clint Boyer diecast and some lap traffic swag. Uh, of course, got free stickers and koozies for you. If you fill out the contact page on the website, I'll send them out for free. And make sure you're following Dustin on Twitter at Dustin Albino and Jayski at Jayski, Jayski.com, NASCAR.com, all that good stuff there, sir. Uh, did I hit it? Did I hit it? Or is there anything else you want to you want to plug? You got it all. Ex- Just go look at our articles, all the original content, and also, you know, we're a one-stop shop. I say that repeatedly, I feel like, but that's all right. You got all everything cup, everything Xfinity, everything trucks. You you want it, it's there. Excellent. All right, sir, let's press on. It is time for some WrestleMania talk, man. Um, let's let's start out with this. Just overall, uh, wh- what was your uh, perspective, what you thought we were going to get uh, before Saturday night kicked off versus what we ended up getting after Sunday? Yeah, we could literally talk hours about this. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> so – and you and I think I think we hit on this a couple weeks ago, but the build for this year's WrestleMania was just subpar. Like it yeah. wasn't good. There was a couple stories like the main event between Edge, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns that were really good long term storytelling. Which I don't know about you, I would imagine I love that stuff. Yes, no, build it. Give me. I, I want to feel invested in a reason why I want to see it, it come to an end at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I, I would prefer them to not do the uh like whatever like the last pay-per-view in march like i don't need that Mm pay-per-view like i would rather a six-week build from february to wrestlemania i agree with that i'll take it one step further i would like for their only you know you have the royal rumble there in in the end of january or whatever and then they have two pay-per-views right now yeah between between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, yep. just get rid of both of them. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm and, down and, with that all day. Yeah, yeah, because then you have a 10 week or so storyline, yeah, or 10 week or, or so build towards WrestleMania, your biggest event of the year. And I, like this year, they had a event four weeks out from from the Rumble, yep. and then three weeks after that. So three weeks before WrestleMania, you're having a pay per view. Yeah, I just this- I didn't. This would have been the best year to do that because, you know, years past, right? I get it. It's all about the money. So if you can fill a stadium with 15000 and get pay-per-view buys, I get that. But you've gotten rid of your network, so you're not worried about subscription buys. You don't need to sell the pay-per-view seats. So this would have been the perfect year to get rid of those in-between pay-per-views and really build that up. Absolutely. Totally. So I couldn't have worded that any better in in – we just got a lot of short-term storylines that started at that final pay-per-view. Yeah. So you have a three-week or less build, yep. really. Yep. And and that's just like for Bianca Belair or Sasha Banks, all-time match. I think it's probably my second favorite women's match I've ever seen. Only behind Sasha Bailey, uh, NXT Brooklyn sure. you know, takeover five, yep. six years ago yep. now. I loved that match. But the storyline behind it? Really, there was none. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> and, with and there there should have been. I mean, this is an all time talent in Sasha Banks. You know, someone that's been a grinder for the past six, seven years on the main roster, and then you got the rookie Bianca Belair, who in her first WrestleMania main events night one. Yeah, um, very good match though. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. Um, you know, some of the matches for me, like I, I had no idea what I was going to get with them, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, like the Raw Tag Team Championship match. I mean, I I really felt bad for the New Day having to go in there. Uh, you know, AJ, you look at what he did the you know last year's WrestleMania that 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 graveyard match with the Undertaker, one of the coolest cinematic wrestling things I've ever seen, and to come out, it just like you you know it just felt like a rushed match to get a, a the 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 
championship on the line, you know. And, and I get what they were trying to do, building up this behemoth, you know, nine <laughs> feet tall, whatever, Giant. The, whatever the hell he is, you know. But he's got no, you know, he, he doesn't have any range, you know, all that kind of stuff. It just, that to me just came up so short, but. So you didn't like that match? I did not like that match. No, that was not on. That did not make my top matches. That's for sure. So I've I've seen mixed like reviews on that match because I'll be honest, I actually liked it. Did you? I like the story. I like the story they were telling throughout of uh, the new day. They were verbally like abusing AJ, saying how he's you're not a tag team wrestler, right? And they would kind of cut the mat off, being you know the ring generals that they are in the tag division. Yep. And but then you saw almost get the hot tag, right? And you saw like <laughs> you saw you saw uh, Xavier Woods' face, and it just his jaw dropped when yes. when he was tagged in so i thought that was it, it it did what it did for me like it was it a good match probably not but i like the story they told sure no i'm with you there uh let's talk about shane mcmahon braun Strowman. before we started recording you know we talked about of the matches that did get a build this one got a lot of attention uh um, too much <laughs> you know it, it was it was everything i expected i i like the fact of they added a couple unique spots with uh you know braun pulling the cage apart up there and, and you know, all that. We got the big flip off the top of the cage. I mean, we got the couple bumps that we knew Shane was going to take. We knew the outcome. Like, I mean, it, 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 it just is what it was for me out there. Yeah. You knew Shane was going to take a big bump. He just didn't know which side of the cage he was going to fall out of. Right? Yes. <laughs> um, so happy he fell in the ring. Uh, yeah. I mean, this, the storyline, I think we hit on this a couple weeks ago too, is, it could be a good storyline, a bully storyline yeah. of Shane McMahon bullying Braun Strowman, but the way they just said stupid yeah, repeatedly yeah, yeah. over and over and over, it's like, really? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> so, with you. <laughs> but the match, I mean, it, it was what it was. And, you know, I guess it's pushing Braun Strowman as a baby face, but he's had more turns than Big Show at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best ever. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, all right. Uh, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, man, this match was was five star. Uh, I mean, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, I mean, I would have expected nothing less. What with 23 spins on the uh, on the chart there, I think he racked up like that match just delivered. Yeah, like you said, five-star match. I was super pumped for these two because in real life, they're really good friends. And they've worked throughout the independence with one another. And, you know, really cool to see Cesaro finally get a moment. And you hope it leads to to bigger and better things for him because he has the talent. Yes. That dude's so good. Yeah. So good. I, I feel Probably, like – go ahead. He's probably one of the best peer wrestlers, like, um, and probably strongest for pound to pound that there is in the world. So, just the technical aspect, I'm super happy that uh, he finally got featured in a one on one match at Mania. And you hope, you hope once fans come back, and I think this will be the case, he's going to kind of be that next star. Absolutely. Well, I feel like we could take, well, I could piggyback off your, your big show babyface heel turns, and I could use that <laughs> with Cesaro and say, how many different tag team partners has this guy had? <laughs> yeah. Seamus, Tyson Kidd, Jack Swagger. I mean, there's, right. The there's list just goes info. on. Um, <laughs> all right. The uh, championship match, which kicked things off actually for, uh, uh, night one here Bobby Lashley Drew McIntyre um you know I I, I think we kind of knew how that was going to go uh it was a, it was a solid match uh and I like the fact that uh and we can get to this later but I'll just kind of use this as a as a tie-in together we've got two heel champions and they're building those heels uh which I actually kind of like because it, it's you know you think Wrestlemania you, th you you know most of the time you're thinking babyface championship wins and I actually like the fact that both heels retained that's not something that's common agreed and then even you know past the main two champions with the universal and world heavyweight you look at the tag champions and you got aj and almost then ziggler and bobby Roode. um you have with the intercontinental championship apollo cruz which we haven't talked about yet sheamus with the usr these guys are all heels right um bianca beller is obviously a face um rhea ripley's a heel like there's so many bad guys i'm putting in air quotes yep that are 
that are champions right now. Like usually at Mania, it's a culmination of the the faces going over, and that that wasn't the case this year at all. No, no I'm with you. Uh, night two. Uh, let's let's start with this one, and if we got to cut from something else, that's fine with me because this one just really pissed me off. Uh, we open with the Fiend versus Randy Orton, and. The open when they wheeled out that giant ass Jack in the Box and Alexa Bliss. <laughs> really I mean, I am cool. into this. I'm like, oh <laughs> yes, this is beautiful. And then the match goes how I. And then all of a sudden, Alexa Bliss pops out, and you know the Ultimate Warrior Papa Shango Black Blood starts spewing, and <laughs> and then boom, RKO one RKO, and and that's it. Um, I, I really left or I was left like WTF did I just watch? Like, why did they do this to me? Um, you know, and, and I was, I was left bummed. That's for sure. To me, it was pretty clear what they were trying to do and it was to get you to tune into raw, but well, it's WrestleMania. Yes. Yes. Like you don't, you don't do that on WrestleMania. Well, and I should do that. I get the raw thing. I do, but then they just didn't do anything better for me on raw like oh yeah raw raw was not good <laughs> you've got two you've got uh the alexa bliss playground and you got brace funhouse and you know bray tease she's gone now for whatever that means but i'm like oh come on <laughs> it almost seems like alexa bliss is a new almost fiend character right yes of the women's division now and they're just going separate ways well, so i did read on one of the dirt sheets or whatever that she has been adamant about wanting to wrestle as this character so got it that and, makes sense yeah but i mean i think they could have paired that like could you imagine both of them holding the championship like that would be pretty cool would be cool and look I, as bad as the the match really wasn't that good and the storyline the storyline was good i yes. thought oh, you know overall, great. a lot yeah. of build yeah good yeah. storyline you know and i take like my girlfriend for instance she before like she, we met like she wasn't a huge wrestling fan right but she loves this alexa bliss character oh that's that, great that's on tv right now so you know every every time she's on she drops what she's doing she watches so nice. I take that as kind of like a, you know, like a benchmark and to see what people are liking, what they're not liking. And the Alexa Bliss character is very, very good. She's great oh, she's at acting so it out. She's so so good. good. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, if I, I don't know what the end goal with this is, but you would. I don't know what storyline they're going with eventually because it looks like they're broken apart now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn phenomenal another five-star match that was just unbelievable uh i loved every single second about that one and they wrestled only like 10 minutes so you, and then you know for people that don't know and a lot of people probably don't know <laughs> listen to this since it's a racing podcast right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um these are two guys that you know grew up wrestling they've known each other for 20 years they've wrestled each other hundreds of times literally on the independent circuit yep. and then they get to wrestlemania and wrestle for eight nine minutes it's probably the easiest thing they've ever done together yeah. <laughs> with their biggest payoff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yes, another classic match. And even, you know, the stuff with Logan Paul afterwards, I think that was which Paul it was. Yeah, Logan. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, not that that really matters, but he played into it too. And Kevin Owens gave him a nice stone cold. Absolutely. Star. Yes. Yes. Uh, let's move to the championship match. Uh, Cause then I want to do, I want to bring up a couple other points outside of, or what might lead from WrestleMania uh, Roman Reigns, edge, Daniel Bryan, um, you know, a, the longest match of both nights, 21 ish minutes there, um, you know, a, a solid match. Um, mm -hmm. I really didn't think Edge was going to win. Uh, I think it was great. I did. Oh, did you really? He was my pick, yeah. Uh, the only reason why I say I didn't think so was just because uh, I, I think he's good for some one-off spots and stuff like that. But I think to carry, I, maybe, I don't know his body is there to hold, you know, or I guess, you know, hey, they could have given it to him and he could have dropped it at the next pay-per-view and not had to do, a, you know, a whole lot of ring work for that. Um, or maybe this was just a test. Maybe he just wanted to see, can my body withstand a match? And, and let's go from there. Maybe he gets a rematch. Um you know, but I love the fact that it's a controversial finish on this one to just add to the Roman Reigns heat. You know, we look at how long the fans and the WWE universe wanted to boo this guy. And Vince 
No, baby face, baby face, baby <laughs> face. No, he will be a baby face. And now finally, you know, we've got the embracement of, of, of the brass to, to let him be the heel. So to double pin, and I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but uh, the ref had made a comment and said something about, uh, you know, I, this, it, it's to interpretation and the match is final. And then I'm drawing a blank on his name, whoever this new interim GM. Adam slash, Pierce. Yes, Adam Pierce. Uh, see me on Friday when you get into the, to the Thunderdome. Like, I love that build that they're just really going to do something with this. And it just, like I said, it just adds to the heel momentum that I love. Well, in, in the controversial part is that Roman, you know, first off edge concerto, which is a signature move from, you know, 15 years ago. Yes. Uh, Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan's selling it so well. Like it looks like he's, you know, like spazzing out almost. Yes. And, and then you got, you know, Roman Reigns who then concerto edge and, pulled edge over Daniel Bryan and covered them both, you know, both all four shoulders around the map between Bryan and, and edge. Yep. But essentially edge was the one pinning Bryan. Yes. So that, that's the controversy, but that aside, like the lasting image of Roman reigns. And I was so curious going into this, how the fans were going to react to him because for people that don't know, usually what happens is, is if you're a baby face or a good guy, in layman's terms, um, you're going to get booed, especially if you're shoved down our throats. Like you just mentioned, Roman yep. Reigns was for years. Yep. But then when you turn heel, bad guy in right. quotes, um, they're going to love you. And so I was happy to see that Roman still got booed yes. because this character is awesome. Yes. It's the best thing I would say on TV, it's, like let is, alone wrestling. It is solid. You know, I mean, Very, and, and anything Paul Heyman touches turns to gold. So absolutely, you know. So you add that into there, you know. It, it it's it is that is must see TV. That is without a shadow of a doubt for sure. But the the match in general was very good, and uh, I, I, the lasting image of Roman Reigns holding the championship up. I mean, that's that's an iconic image. I'm, you know, it'll. T I think it'll turn out to be an iconic image. Absolutely, in I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, all right, uh, we can end the WrestleMania chat with this. Uh, I want to talk real quick about Charlotte's new uh, look. Uh, when she came out Monday night, looked damn good, if I may say so <laughs> myself. Uh, and, and coming out, you know, kind of trying to looks like, you know, she didn't come out in the robe, you know, kind of trying to drop the, uh, the Ric Flair tie uh, and, and trying to reinvent uh, from a heel perspective, which I absolutely love. Uh, and it, all it's doing is just making me crave Becky Lynch coming back sooner rather than later. Yeah, she too being Charlotte is such a good heel. Um, so much better as a heel than a face, yeah. but also like Big Show, so many heel <laughs> and face turns. <laughs> yes. um, but with that said, I think, I truly think the other night, Monday night, like she was the bright spot of Raw. Raw yes. was terrible. Yeah, yeah it was <laughs> but, pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but her promo, I think, was probably the best of her career. Yes. I really do. Oh, she delivered. Yeah, I feel like you got the true, you know, how she truly feels. Yes. And so, yeah, in terms of Becky Lynch, I mean, I think a lot of people were disappointed because she kind of hyped a return at WrestleMania or teased it. Yeah. And it didn't happen. So I think she comes back, of, you know, sooner or later. Let's not forget she's only four months postpartum, postpartum right now. Right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I would say probably Summer SummerSlam she comes back. That, I'd be good with that. I'd be good with that. Uh, all right, man. Uh, let's. Uh, we, we've we've gone a little long here. Uh, we got just a couple follower interactions, questions. Let's get to those, and uh, we can close this thing out. Let's do it. Uh, Matt at Camper News Net. Do you think we're going to start seeing drivers who have already won start to win again? And how many different drivers do you think we'll see this season? Uh, yes, absolutely. I think we will because, you know, you still look at some of the drivers that haven't won it at the couple of. I'm assuming this question's about, and it's. You got Denny Hamlin, who seven top fives in eight races. Right. He's all he's done everything but win. Yes. Chase <laughs> Elliott, he, same thing. Yeah, Chase is gonna win. Harvick's gonna win. Kozlowski's gonna win. There's eleven. I would think probably Bowman's gonna win. Um, I mean, there's a few others that could win. So I bet you're looking at you know, and then you also got like Coda, Talladega, which could provide a new winner. Yep. Daytona, the regular season finale. I was there last year in the, the like the intensity in that race was all time high. Um, because if you win, you're in. Yep. 
I think we see 14 regular season winners. Um, That's a solid number. Yeah, it'll be the most I think we've had under this format. format. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking somewhere Um, between 11 and 13. You know, usually, you know, that, that, uh, you know, it's at some point like that parody line kind of just once it's there, then it's a quick drop right after that, you know? So it's Kyle Kyle Bush. I forgot to name him. He'll get a, should get a win. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So then you're at 13, you know, and then, like I said, you got Talladega, which anything can happen. Daytona. Yep. And then we got all these new, new tracks this year. I I think 14 is a good number, but yes, I I do think we're going to start seeing drivers start winning multiple races, you know, frequently. Absolutely. Uh, Jared at JTM0086. Talk about sponsorship for small teams and cup Xfinity trucks, ARCA. Uh, For me, I I think when, when you look at what sponsor, you know, I would just reference and go back to what um, Marcus did in the truck series a couple weeks ago in, in throwing a wrap on all these trucks and, and tying your finish to how much you're going to get. You know, I think the f- uh, going rate was 15 grand. 15 grand helps these guys tremendously it, it, when we're talking, uh, you know, underfunded teams and, and in these lower series. Um you know that that just goes so much. Like if BJ could get a guaranteed fifteen thousand a week from somebody, uh, I'm sure he'd be ecstatic. Absolutely, and you see what Marcus is doing not only for for trucks now, but it looks like it's starting. I mean, look at Trackhouse Camping World sponsored the '99, I think four, three or four times this year. Yeah. Um, and he had a couple of good tweets this afternoon as we record this um, about, you know, why he sponsors it, um, the Josh Berry deal, because it looked like after Josh Berry's win on, on Sunday that there was going to be a deal between potentially Camping World and Junior Motorsport to sponsor the eight. It comes out on, on Wednesday that Tire Pros is actually going to step up two more races and sponsor Berry. So, um, but yeah, Limonis has done a great job yeah. um, this year. But in terms of sponsorship in general, like, like, yeah, there's a lot of unsponsored cars or trucks right now. And, you know, that that doesn't always look good. And, of course, financially, it's not good for the teams. Right. Because then it's like if you ever see a Johnny Davis car that's red, and a lot of times they are, yep. that means he's he's spending his own money usually. Yep. Yep. So, I mean. Well, and you look, you look at, um, uh, what was it, uh, Moffitt. Uh, a couple years back. I don't know if it was with Hattori or with GMS, but I mean, we're talking about a, a, a former truck series champion. Running. It was with Hattori. It was with Hattori, you know, like yeah, it was the year he won the championship. Yeah. You know, and he's, he's going on like a four or five, uh, you know, season win total racing for the championship and in the playoffs was running unsponsored. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that it, it, anything, uh, you know, helps, you know, now is the lap traffic podcast going to be able to call up, you know, some team that doesn't have a sponsorship and be like, Hey, I'll give you guys 250 bucks to throw my <laughs> logo on the quarter panel. They're going to laugh at me. You know, yeah. you, there, there's still like a minimum threshold that these guys have to abide by just to keep things whole throughout the sport. But, uh, but at the same time, it's got to make sense for the sponsor. And yes, yeah. And right now, you know, we just talked about this like 20, 30 minutes ago. It's so hard to sell sponsorship right now. I've had so many drivers and team owners tell me, especially from the lower funded teams, underfunded teams, how difficult it is because they can't guarantee that they're going to allow those sponsors or the VIPs inside the racetrack. That's a big selling point. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Because they want to be close to the action. They want to make a weekend out of it and they want to get their employees to the track. So, um, I think, you know, like we said, baby steps, but I think it's not going to start getting easier because it's very hard to sell sponsorship, right? especially right now in 2021. But I think, I think we'll, you know, hopefully it kind of levels out. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, we got two more here. Uh, Ryan at Ryan Voles for all-star race at Texas. What will it look like? What tracks would you like to see get an all-star race? Should it rotate, et cetera? Absolutely should rotate. I want to get your take on this too, but I think it should absolutely rotate as far as Texas. <laughs> uh, I understand why it's at Texas this year, because it's going to be hard to get it out of the SMI. Like I don't ever see it going out of the SMI, you know, family sure. per se, um, which, you know, obviously they had it at Charlotte for years, almost 30 years. Um, they had it at uh, Bristol last year, also an SMI track. And then this year at, at Texas, 
unfortunately, the racing at Texas the last few years since they kind of reconfigured it yep. hasn't been the best. Yeah. So as far as what it'll look like, I can't say it's going to look very good. No. Um, but Eddie Gossage is a guy who I think could put a lot on the line as a track promoter, and and hopefully it'll lead to better racing at the track. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I hear you there. Uh, for, for me, and I've been vocal about this on the show, and I don't know if you and I have talked about this. I'm not a fan. I'm not a big fan of all-star anything. I don't care if it's NASCAR, baseball, football, basketball. Um, for me, I, I would I, – I would, I would rather see skills comp uh, than the the all-star race just because I get it. We're running around to win a bunch of money. Like, it's an all-star race every week, you know. We're just going to set these crazy-ass parameters to hopefully get a 20-car field. Like, I, I would much rather see something unique. Um, at, and the thing I understand is, is you're not going to draw 15,000 people uh, for a skills comp. I understand that. So that would have to be done at a same event weekend or back-to-back weekends, kind of like we have done at Charlotte in the past. Uh, before the 600. Um, I'm all about the rotation. Uh, I loved when we tried the, the Roval as the all-star race. I, 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 at least that was different because it was something we hadn't done. Just I, I want something different to give me a reason to watch an all-star anything. I get that point too, but I will say out of all sports, NASCAR has the best all-star like event. Sure. Um, because you look at the Pro Bowl in the NFL, and it's it's a freaking joke. It's a joke. The NBA All Star Game is even probably worse. Uh, Three hundred and thirty no over in the NBA All Star <laughs> Game. <laughs> um, baseball. So baseball was good when it when it determined you know what what league won and they get home field advantage in the World Series. I like that. Yep. But they've done away with that. So as far as as far as All Star races or All Star games, I should say, I do think NASCAR is the best one. Yeah. Because there is still something on the line. Sure. Um, now, I, I said earlier I like it rotating, but I also don't mind it being solely at Charlotte. And I know that, you know, that might make some people cringe. Um, but in a way, it gets the families of all the all the people that work on the teams that don't get to go to many races to a race. Yep. And, yep. you know, I like that aspect of it. So I could see it rotating, but I also could see it, you know, I'd be in favor of it seeing in Charlotte too. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm with Texas you. though. I, I don't know. That's just, that's, <laughs> look, old Texas was so good. Right. Yeah. So good. And this, I will say like last July's race in Texas was pretty good with Austin Dillon winning. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's because we saw a surprise winner Surprise winner. because yep. He, too, when he got out front and Tyler Reddick in second, you couldn't pass. So it's going to be a track that's all about clean air, and um, that, that's what we'll see the All-Star race this year. I'm with you. All right, man. Let's call it a wrap. Lap Traffic Nation, that is going to do it for episode 235 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com. Go get over to jayski.com, nascar.com. Make sure you follow on Twitter at Lap Traffic PC. Make sure you follow Dustin at Dustin Albino. Go check out all the stuff at jayski.com, nascar.com. Huge thanks, Dustin, man. This was so much fun. Uh, enjoyed the WrestleMania talk. Uh, can't wait to do this again in a couple weeks, sir. And uh, don't forget, Tuesday, the Bagman from MRN will be on. Don't get caught chasing a lucky dog. Make sure you tune in each and every week to the Live Traffic Podcast. See ya.